Welcome to Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. In this podcast, we help believers develop spiritual discernment. I am your host, Don Simmons, author, speaker, and YouTube host of Life Journey with Don Simmons. My purpose here is to explain Satan's strategies and how his kingdom functions to better equip you in reducing conflict, chaos, and ultimately eliminate Satan's influence in your life. These are life-changing conversations. We'll get started with this week's message in just a few moments. But first I want to ask you, would you like to know more about biblical history or historic and biblical places? Visit my YouTube channel, Life Journey with Don Simmons, to watch and learn about travels in historic areas discussed in the Bible. Come with us as we explore ancient places and share cultural background and influences on early Christianity. We will take you places where Paul wrote and shared the gospel. That's Life Journey with Don Simmons on YouTube. Welcome back. I am your host, Don Simmons. And in this episode of Conquering Our Unseen Enemies, we are going to be discussing the Holy Spirit and how to make sure we are moving with the Holy Spirit in His fullness. Most believers don't truly move with Him. The Holy Spirit has been silenced for so long that I doubt first century Christians, the first believers, would even understand what Christianity is today. They wouldn't recognize what we call a church service as church. Today we're going to talk about how important it is to move with the Holy Spirit in all areas of our lives. We're still going to get through the remaining spiritual gifts episodes before we finish the year, but I want to spend some time discussing the Holy Spirit because if we do not have a deep, deep understanding of who the Holy Spirit is and how to work with Him, then we will not be able to function in the spiritual gifts the way God intends and the Holy Spirit provides. We will have only partial power, partial outcomes, and that's not our purpose. We want everything the Holy Spirit will provide, allow, and enable in us with Him. So really the question we have to ask ourselves to start out is what role do we have with the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our family, and sadly, even in our church? Let's start out with the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. Where would you rate him in terms of your communication and your reliance on him? Where does that reliance waver. We have all had those moments. We have started out strong, but when things get really difficult, we either dig down deeper in our reliance on him or we run to where it's easier and we have others to lean on instead of the Lord. We have to grow past that point. We have to develop our relationship with him so deeply that no matter what is happening, no matter how loud, no matter how scary, no matter unsettling, nothing gets in the way of hearing the Holy Spirit 
and his direction for us. When you get to that point, then you will move in the full power and authority the Holy Spirit provides. No healing will be withheld. No miracle is too difficult. No demon too powerful. No problem insurmountable. Nothing will be in our way. Whatever level you are now in faith, well, that will dictate your level of everything else. Without faith in every aspect of our relationship with the Holy Spirit, how can we accomplish even the simplest tasks? We have to want to grow. We have to want to develop ourselves. The thing I love about you, you listen to this podcast to grow. You would not keep coming back if you were not interested in growing. We cannot be a person who accepts salvation and then learns a little here, a little there, maybe attends a small group, but never really experiences anything because they aren't trying to experience the Holy Spirit. Jesus will spit you out of his mouth if that's all you're going to do. Maybe I sound a little harsh today, but it is the truth with our church today. The Holy Spirit has been put in a box And he is such a gentleman, he won't ask you to release him. He'll just leave you there with your empty box. He won't stay where he's not wanted. The Lord told me something a few years ago, probably five years ago. He was talking to me about the vine. He said, sometimes when you look at the vine, it looks like a lot of chaos, branches everywhere. When you first look at it, it it looks like a tangled mess. But when he looks at it, he looks at purpose. He prunes periodically where he sees fit. The pruning serves a purpose and the branches become stronger. What gets pruned was not fit for the vine. He told the disciples the same thing in John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And that's the part that always sticks with me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So apart from the Holy Spirit, we're we're working on our own. So those healings and and miracles and things, not going to happen. It wasn't until the Holy Spirit came that the disciples were really able to do everything that was required of them. We need to go from being like the disciples before the resurrection to being like the disciples after the ascension. They were totally different people. They were pruned in those moments. When the Holy Spirit dropped in that room in Acts 2, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, They were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. In February... This year I was in Jerusalem. I know I've shared that before. Now I entered the room where they believe this took place. And although the architecture 
has been changed. The room is the same. I walked in with anticipation and excitement that a place I dreamed of being able to visit for years was now happening. It was a pretty big room. My initial imagining of the room was that it would be much smaller. I looked around to try to imagine everyone sitting in there, waiting, not understanding the sadness. I thought of Jesus being in that room, encouraging them with words they didn't understand. I stood there, and in the time I had remaining to be in the upper room, I tried to understand what that would have been like to have the Holy Spirit come down in a way none of them had ever experienced before. That incredible world-changing moment occurred in that room. I wanted to relive it. I wanted to experience it. I wanted the Holy Spirit to move me however he wanted. I wanted a suddenly. If you don't already want a suddenly, I want you to want a suddenly. No matter how many times you experience a suddenly, you want more. I want every ounce of your being to want to be moved by the Holy Spirit. That's when life begins. When you are abandoning yourself, submitting to the Holy Spirit, that is what abundant life is. John 10, 10, Jesus tells us he came that we may have life and have it to the full, abundant life. Christians today don't want that. They don't want to abandon themselves or submit to anything. I'm so thankful the first believers were willing to do so much for our benefit. They were able to do so much more than we even know because they submitted to the Holy Spirit and had all the power the Holy Spirit provided. They suffered, they repented, they prospered, they had moments of rebellion, all the things we have today but they were willing to allow the Holy Spirit to move them and move in their lives. So they saw literal chains break open. They saw dead coming back to life. They saw miraculous healings. Have you seen any of those things with your own two eyes? We need to be doing what is necessary so we can see those things. Let the Holy Spirit move you. If you can be willing to let him move you, then he can begin to move in the lives of your family. Once we open the door for our families, then we have momentum. Last November, about 1 a.m., we got a call. When the phone rings at that time, you know it's generally not a celebratory call. It was one of my sons. He had tried my phone first but I'm a heavy sleeper and I didn't hear it. My phone is always on silent, so I rely on the vibrate. So when my husband's phone rang and he answered, I was admittedly alarmed. I could only hear my husband, so I didn't even know who he was talking to. But in those moments as he spoke, the Lord was revealing to me what the call was about. As I laid there, I could see my son driving his car. It was late at night. And, and I can see my son in the car, driver's side, he's alone, but for some reason he doesn't have control of the car. I can see the car is moving fast, it's on the freeway, 
and I know it's somewhere between our house and San Diego. The freeway on that stretch of road has concrete barriers to keep cars from passing over and hitting the cars going the opposite direction. My son's car was no longer in the lanes. I saw him in the number in the vision. I saw him in the number one lane, but in this case, he was driving up along the concrete barriers and he was still going freeway speeds and along the side of, of, of his car is an angel dressed in white with dark hair, a little bit longer, and he's holding my son's car and he was straining somewhat as he held onto the driver's side fender. The angel was perpendicular to the car, pushing it back, preventing it from colliding with the concrete barrier. And I heard the Lord tell me something to the effect of, I had him. I now start to listen to my my husband um, talking to my son, thinking I understand at least who he's calling, you know, who was calling, but not really fully understanding the conversation or what I was hearing. The, The conversation carried on for a few more minutes. And then my husband makes sure he's okay and tells him to call back when he gets home. My son was extremely tired. He was supposed to be heading to Japan. We've talked about him before on the Monday following Thanksgiving, but was told on Wednesday they would be leaving on Friday instead of Monday. His plan to move out of his condo over the weekend was now not going to happen. So Thursday was Thanksgiving and unfortunately my son had to work. So he was trying to move out of the condo whenever he could. And he was bringing his personal items home as quickly as he could. He'd been at our house and then he went off to visit some family before he was going to leave. And then he set out on his four hour drive to San Diego, but he unfortunately fell asleep at the wheel. Now he awoke when the car drove up the concrete barrier and, and he said he heard his car hitting the concrete barrier he called us immediately while it was still happening. I, how I did, he did that. I don't know. You know how cars can do that now with the voice command, but he was on the phone with my husband while this is still playing out. And they stayed on the phone while he pulled over off the freeway so he could assess the damage. He was thinking we would need to, you know, come get him, you know, that his car was going to be messed up and, and then help him move his, the rest of his stuff out of the condo and, and then deal with his, his car form while he was in Japan. So he pulled over, he got out and he was looking at his car and, and he was stunned. He said, I don't know how this happened. I know I felt my car hit the concrete and I heard it. That's what woke him up, but there's no damage to my car. Nothing. The next day we drove down to get his car from him so we could keep it at our house while he was gone. And he retold the story and we all stood there looking at his car in amazement. And I knew why he had no damage. And, you know, I had shared the story, but to see it was still pretty amazing. I had to take a picture of it because so I will always remember that. But all he had was a little bit of white transfer from the concrete barrier on a bit of his tire. Now understand the tire is set in quite a bit from the fender of his car. It, 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 there's just no other explanation other than what the Lord showed me. 
as to why he didn't have a full on accident and going that speed, uh, the car could have flipped, who knows, but that was a suddenly in the life of my family, not because my son is perfect or because he prayed before he got on the road. I'm sure as tired as he was praying was not on his mind as he got in the car that night. That suddenly happened because I welcomed the Holy Spirit to move in my life however he wants. And that night it meant he moved on behalf of my son. Once we open the door to our family, he will move in their lives as well. So what about the other family, the church family? Is the Holy Spirit moving in your church family? Of all the places it should be moving, that is the first place you would think you would find it. But it is so disappointing to see the Holy Spirit being discounted and relegated to the sidelines while people make all the decisions and plans for the church. That isn't going to work. To sit in a church with no Holy Spirit moving is depressing. There are multiple reasons why this can happen. These are the three reasons I have encountered. First, the Holy Spirit was never invited. Generally, you will find that in cessationist churches, so they don't believe in the gifts or the moving tongues, any of that, and also in churches that are referred to as seeker churches. And that just means their whole focus is on getting unbelievers in. So everything is geared to being seeker-friendly, and as a result... In my experience, those churches cater more toward worldly experiences than Holy Spirit experiences because they think it would be better for a non-believer to feel comfortable in church. And that's where the compromising of biblical doctrine and teaching the Holy Spirit, that's where that compromising begins. They talk about the Holy Spirit, but nothing is explained about a relationship. It's very one-dimensional, and that's when you start seeing problems happen, and scriptures watered down. Second, these churches that talk about the Holy Spirit, but they do not actually know how to, or in some cases even want to, actually engage with Him. This can sometimes happen because members or leadership have had a negative experience with charismatic people and don't want anything to get too out of hand. They want to keep things controlled and... Very simple. And this is unfortunate because growth then doesn't happen and they end up missing out on what should be an amazing life with the Holy Spirit. Third, I've seen churches who have leadership that are so scholarly that they rely on their knowledge instead of inviting the Holy Spirit to relationship. Book knowledge is nice but it will never trump a relationship. When book knowledge is leading, there's no room for the Holy Spirit to move. There could always be a hybrid of any of these things happening as well, but these thoughts or practices will keep your church from being moved by the Holy Spirit. Now, no church is perfect, but I would rather be in a church that engages with the Holy Spirit that is, of course, Bible-based than in a church with no life at all. The more you can surround yourself with people who hear the Holy Spirit and have a relationship with Him, the more you will be able to grow. 
Like it says in Proverbs 27, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We have to always be growing in him and doing it together is building the kingdom. There's no sense in trying to do it alone. I hope this has been time that inspires you to dig deeper with the Holy Spirit. We can never dig deep enough. He always has more for us and he will never stop giving us what we need when we lean into him. He wants to move in our lives. All we have to do is say yes and let him move. Get out of his way. Your life will change and you can change the lives of anyone around you who is willing. If you know anyone who might benefit from this, please share. As always, let's discuss our top show points. We discussed how important it is to move with the Holy Spirit in all areas of our lives. We have to develop our relationship with him so deeply that no matter what is happening, no matter how loud, no matter how scary, no matter how unsettling, nothing gets in the way of hearing the Holy Spirit and his direction for us. And then you will move in the full power and authority the Holy Spirit provides. We also talked about we have to want to grow. We have to want to develop ourselves or we won't see the Holy Spirit move in our lives. I referenced John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But yet so many people try. just And they're, they end up burning themselves out sometimes from all of the things they're doing that no one asked them to do. We talked about Acts 2 and um, the upper room experience for both the disciples. And then I um, talked about my visit to the upper room this year. We talked about first century Christians were willing to allow the Holy Spirit to move them and move in their lives. So they saw literal chains break open. They saw the dead coming back to life and they saw miraculous healings. Once we open the door for our family, he will move in their lives as well because you're inviting him in. You're you're opening that door to allow him access to your family. Yes, there's things they need to do, but you're beginning that that process. Very important. Then I gave you the story of my son falling asleep at the wheel and the angel protecting him and the Holy Spirit letting me know he was involved. He saw it happening and stepped in right away. Then I talked about three types of churches where the Holy Spirit is being discounted and regulated to the sidelines while people make all the decisions and plans for the church. And the first one was a type of church where the Holy Spirit was never invited. The second one was churches that talk about the Holy Spirit, but they do not actually know how to or even want to engage with him. And then finally, churches who have a scholarly leadership that rely on their knowledge instead of inviting the Holy Spirit to relationship. And then when book knowledge is leading, there's no room for the Holy Spirit to move. And finally, we talked about Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. We need to build the kingdom together. You can't build a kingdom on your own. And if you're trying to do things without the Holy Spirit, and certainly without 
church, without other people, you're not going to have much to stand on. They're, they're not really building anything. That's why we do this podcast. We're building stuff together, and I, I want you to be able to grow. The, the more people we have growing out there for the purpose of the kingdom, the more that more people are going to be able to be touched in a way that is meaningful, not one-dimensional. We don't want one-dimensional Christianity. Nobody's benefiting from that. And ultimately, one-dimensional Christianity is lukewarm uh, Christianity. For the most part, there are some people that, you know, they're not lukewarm, but they certainly haven't done anything to grow in Him. They don't work with the Holy Spirit. Um, So we encourage you to have an active Bible reading plan. It will be helpful in gaining wisdom and understanding, and it is required for the gift of spiritual discernment. And that's a gift you want to have. You need to have it in order to be able to move with the Holy Spirit in your life. If you want to learn more about how to hear God's voice, my book, Loving Conversations, How to Pray and Hear God's Voice, would be a benefit to you. Um, and those are available on my website, lovingconversationssalo.com. And SALO is an acronym for Stop, Ask, Listen, and Obey. And I teach a process that the Lord gave me uh, so that you can hear the Holy Spirit and be able to discern His voice from yours so you know that you're moving in His direction, what He is telling you to do. And finally, if you've enjoyed our podcast, if you're enjoying it and you're learning things, consider supporting us as we continue to build the kingdom of God. You can support us for as little as $3 a month. Um, kingdom work is my full-time job now. I left my finance job to be able to do this and um, write more and do more classes. But the podcast is where I spend a great deal of my time. So um, you can go onto the, the Buzzsprout website and see where you can do that. And there's a link in here for that. I have enjoyed our time this week, and I look forward to spending time again with you next week. That is all we have for this week's episode of Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. I hope you enjoyed your time with me, and I would kindly ask you to rate our show and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. Now, if you have a story or a question you want to share, please email me at contact at conqueringourunseenenemies.com. We do not need to use your name. And finally, please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it and enjoy it. So until next time, remember, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But we can give him an eviction notice. <laughs>